Welcome to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Our ministry's simple goal is to help women read their Bibles. In this season, we are asking God to break every barrier to the treasures He has for us in His Word. With each guest, we will investigate what tends to keep us from the Word of God, whether rooted in our upbringing, season of life, culture, environment, personality, or in our very own mind. As you listen, examine your own life and be encouraged. God is greater than all the barriers, and He will stop at nothing to bring us near. Hey there, listeners. Have you grabbed your tickets for Yet Even Now, A Weekend in Joel? We want to see you there. March 20th and 21st, women from all over the Miami Valley and beyond will gather to learn what God has to say to us today in the prophet of Joel. Tickets are on sale now through March 14th at www.daytonwomeninthewordcom slash yet even now. And don't forget, standard ticket prices end February 29th. Welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. We are in season eight, where we are talking about barriers that we encounter when we are approaching God's Word. Um, I'm your host, Bethany, and today I am so excited to welcome my friend Lisa here as our guest. So Lisa, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what God has you up to in the season of life? Okay, hi. Um, Well, I'm 36, and I'm just about to celebrate 10 years of marriage. Um, I have a four-year-old daughter named Gianna, and I'm a lover of all things organization and order. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I stay at home with Gianna, and um, I'm excited that I'm celebrating 10 years of marriage. we won't get into this story, but it's an unlikely mm. story that um, I am married 10 years. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Um, so this season, we're talking about breaking barriers that keep us from what God has for us in his word. Uh, last episode, we talked about mental health and how this influences our relationship to God and his word. Um, so how do you see that being a potential barrier to someone's life as they study his word? Yeah. Um, Mental health is just messy and hard and so um, and confusing. So I feel like um, right now with mental health, I'm personally like sorting through so many mm-hmm. different things mm-hmm. in regards to the Lord. So um, doubt, lack of purpose, waiting, feeling disappointed, feeling lonely, mm-hmm. but then also having like these mixtures of gratitude and um, seeing glimpses of hope. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, mental health really is the cause of a lot of those feelings um, because basically mental health is so hard and so confusing that you can't sometimes do this most simple thing mm-hmm. like opening your Bible. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about God's word, you have all these other feelings that feel so certain and real. You know, the the doubt is so uncomfortable because you feel like you shouldn't be doubting. Mm-hmm. but then that tax on fear and shame and all these other things. And so literally opening up the word is like 
almost scary. I know Mm -hmm. that sounds weird, but um, so I think the most difficult thing or the biggest barrier to having mental health and being in the word is sometimes just opening it. Um, The best way I can describe the barrier issue is that I think mental health is sometimes like a very significant lack of sleep. Mm. That's the best way I, it feels, <laughs> it feels like I maybe haven't slept for days. Oh gosh, yeah. Um, and I have, my brain just feels like I yeah. haven't slept for days. So sometimes it becomes impossible to do really anything like mm-hmm. reason or feel normal. Sure. All you're doing is just surviving. Yeah. So. I can imagine. So an earlier episode in this season, we talked a lot about, you know, knowing, knowing yourself for better, for worse. Um, and we talked a lot about the Enneagram. And so I know you're a one. <laughs> yes, I'm a um, one. <laughs> I'm a strong one wing. Um, so I know that at least for me, and maybe you can relate to, there's a lot of like order. And sometimes that translates to like very black and white, like yes. things should have their category and they stick there. Yes. And I feel like when we encounter these situations where all of these almost conflicting experiences are layered on top of each other, Mm -hmm. that can also be a source of a barrier because we can't compute, how can I have joy in the Lord, but I'm also having a rough time? Like, no, my rough time should be in its box Mm -hmm. and my joy in the Lord should be in Mm -hmm. its box. And so I could, can see how, you know, sometimes the way that I'm wired can also create its own barrier in understanding my mental space, like, because I'm so harsh on myself. Yes. Well, and so being an Enneagram one, there's a lot of perfectionist Mm -hmm. issues. So Mm -hmm. I'm critical. I'm not just critical of other people and things, but I'm critical of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never really noticed that until, (laughs) until I was like, what is wrong with me with this mental health stuff? And why do I even have to say I have mental health? That was a huge thing. Like just to say I'm struggling with mental health. I Mm -hmm. was like devastated. Yeah. Cause that means I'm definitely not perfect and really almost perfect before the Lord. Like it's opening this big gap of showing that I'm so in need, Mm. which should be good. But it doesn't feel good. It feels like I've let him down almost. Mm. Or he is probably just over me because I'm such a mess Mm -hmm. and I didn't even know it. Mm. And I'm not just such a mess like in these other areas, like these compartments, but I'm a mess in regards to him. Yeah. You know, when you start wondering, are you even real? Then you're like, okay, I can't even believe I had that thought. Let me go panic about that now. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So you mentioned that you know, even coming to the place where you could say that you were struggling with mental health was a big deal. So can you share a little bit more about your personal story and how that has impacted your relationship with God's word? Yes. Okay. So personal story. Um, I know there'll be a lot of people that don't know Mm -hmm. much about me Mm -hmm. listening. So um, I struggle right now um, through anxiety and panic. Sometimes panic is a better word for me than anxiety Mm -hmm. because anxiety sounds like I'm stressed or worried about something where what I'm really experiencing is panic. Like I have a, you know, a heart palpitation that's normal. And now my whole body has turned flush and I'm panicking and working through that and letting my body physically relax is um, what's happening. Mm -hmm. So this is caused by medical trauma um, and probably a natural um, inkling to control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so anyways, this shift into anxiety, anxiety and panicking 
is what has led to the doubts um, and the fears about the goodness of God. Mm. Again, I've questioned things like, is he real? And if he is real, does he care about me anymore? Has he gotten tired of me? Um, And the thing is, I've walked through a lot in life. So just Mm -hmm. super briefly, my marriage, like I mentioned, super excited to be celebrating 10 years on February 6th um, because my marriage started out with um, a huge issue. Mm -hmm. My husband um, was facing addiction and I literally hated him Mm -hmm. um, and everything that he did. So God stepped in and he was faithful to heal him. It was really a miracle. It was amazing. And now I can call him my best friend, which Mm -hmm. never seemed possible. Um, And then right shortly after that kind of started to, I started to see healing in that, Mm -hmm. I ended up in the hospital for over a month um, with this crazy illness that basically was giving me like a death sentence Mm -hmm. that turned into this huge um, eye-opening, gracious situation where the Lord actually gave me a much better diagnosis than was originally given to me. And on top of getting a better diagnosis, I was like surprisingly well quicker than any doctor would have imagined. (laughs) So um, as crazy as that situation was, like with my husband, I just saw God being good to me Mm -hmm. and teaching me that he never leaves me alone. And then um, in the next situation with the hospital, I just was like overwhelmingly experiencing his graciousness Mm -hmm. because he did not have to spare my life, but he chose to do that. Um, And then obviously, like, I've gone through other events in life that maybe other people do, but difficult, difficulty in my heart, like towards Mm -hmm. my family Mm -hmm. and towards other relationships and all the things that anyone else could share, but they're all hard. But (laughs) God was always making himself known to me. So there was some level of peace and comfort through all of those things. And honestly, believing and clinging to him was never an issue. Doubt was not there. Mm. It just was simple for me. Like, this may happen, but God is good. Mm -hmm. Until um, Gianna turned 13 months old, and I had a pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot in your lung. Mm -hmm. And honestly, even my reaction to even, even this even surprised me, my reaction to that Mm -hmm. situation just floored me because I, I just 100% lost my mind. (laughs) Um, I, it was a sudden shift into panic. Like I was constantly certain that I was mm-hmm. dying, but I was totally uncertain about everything else, including God. Mm-hmm. So I'm <laughs> saying all of that to be long winded here. Um, I feel like all of that affected my relationship with the word and it influenced all of that by mm-hmm. like going back to basics. Mm-hmm. So. When I was at my worst, I went to the Psalms Mm -hmm. because the scripture kind of became more of a fear because, again, everything was scary. So Mm -hmm. even like, what does God have to say about this seemed scary. But the Psalms were a great place to say this is a constant reminder of struggle, but then remembering that Mm -hmm. God is faithful. Mm -hmm. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that you referenced the Psalms and we're... We'll talk in a little bit more about specific other passages maybe that have been encouragement to you. But I remember listening, um, it might have been a Jen Wilkin podcast, um, where they were specifically talking about the Psalms and like what a gift the mm-hmm. Psalms were. Because I I think like the stretch of time that they encompass is like 100 years or something. And the fact that God chose to include 100 years of lament mm. in scripture, yeah. <laughs> you know, the 
the church hasn't slash currently doesn't always handle mental health well at all. Right. But if <laughs> we look in his word, you know, he doesn't shy away from. No, he's comfortable those. with it. Yeah. yeah. And so just what a gift the Psalms are to turn to in that. Like we have an example of you know, men who fully believed in the Lord, but they are very honest about how they were feeling, what they were doubting, what they were yeah. fearful of, and what a, what a gift it is that he chose to include that in his word for us to know that that is okay yes. too. Um, so how has God's word been influential as you walk through anxiety and panic? Okay, so again, in the beginning, it was like, just go to the Psalms because mm-hmm. I know I need to get in the word, <laughs> but I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and just saying that too, I became a believer when I was six. So then to be 32, I think I was 32 when this all mm-hmm. started and start having doubts. I was like, okay, this should have happened a long time ago <laughs> if it was going to happen. So to be afraid to open scripture was just really bizarre to me. Um, but now I will say that things are a little bit somewhat settled down. Mm-hmm. I've got a handle on things. We are going, I think we're four years into mm-hmm. dealing with some of this. And so as time has passed, um, I will say that I've just really made it a point to be um, in a Bible study. That's probably been um, the biggest influence that anxiety has had on me is that mm-hmm. not shying away from having a reason to be in the Word. Mm-hmm. So um, not allowing other things to tell me I can't do it, but actually having a reason to be in it. So, um, so it's it, it's influenced by making a choice and saying, okay, be in community, be with people that are expecting you to study the word, and that way you can be hearing from him on your own, but you can also be hearing from him from other people mm-hmm. that love him. Um, so, like at church, we have a women's Bible study and. I was a part of the Dayton Women of the Word summer study mm-hmm. and just different things like that. I'm going to a conference. Yeah, I already have it planned for this summer. <laughs> like just making sure there's reasons I am studying yeah. scripture. Um, and so that's, I would say that's anxiety has influenced it by just making sure I'm in it mm. despite how I feel. Mm-hmm. And maybe prior to that, I did a lot of feeling based stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And we, we know that um, we're called to love love the word with all our minds first mm-hmm. and then with all of our hearts, yeah. <laughs> which can be, I think it can be so easy to get that order reversed. Yes. Well, be- especially with anxiety or maybe yeah. my whole life, I have always wanted it to say something to me, mm-hmm. you know, like it always becomes about me. And now it's just like, no, just God, who are you? Yeah. You know, like, what do you have to say? What do you mm-hmm. want me to hear versus are you going to make me feel better about this or mm-hmm. tell me about that or mm-hmm. whatever? So um, as internal as anxiety makes you feel, yeah. right? Because it's almost like you just have this big spotlight on yourself and right. that's all you can see. Just trying to push out of that seems to be the best remedy and pushing out of it towards God is an obvious good choice, <laughs> right, right? right? Yeah. So we've mentioned the Psalms. Yeah. Um, are there other passages that have encouraged you um, as you've kind of walked through this reworking of your experience with the Lord? I recently did a study on Jonah. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to um, Exploring My Strange Bible, the podcast. I do recommend those to anyone. There's like <laughs> four or five of them, I think. Um, and what was actually fascinating to me, Jonah, I mean, his situation was not necessarily just like mine, sure. but he was running from God and he had feelings towards God that he shouldn't have had. Mm. And I can 
I have never wanted to run from God, mm-hmm. but I've had lots of feelings that I felt were wrong to have towards mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And the fact that God was so gracious with Jonah to even put him in more trouble, it seemed, yeah. <laughs> um, just to get his attention mm-hmm. was just reminding me that God is relentless. Um, and then in the story of Jonah, first of all, learning through this podcast that the story of Jonah is not actually about a fish. It's like <laughs> a much deeper story, mm-hmm. not a kid's story. Um, about how God wants to save his people, even the most rebellious of his people. Mm-hmm. And so not that I think mental health made me feel rebellious, but it made me feel lost in a sense. Mm-hmm. And so um, knowing that he will go to great lengths to rescue me, whether I'm rebelling, mm-hmm. whether I'm angry, or whether I'm just struggling in general, mm-hmm. he will find a way to meet me where I am. Mm-hmm. And that was good. That's awesome. Um. One that I think of that can often stereotypically be associated with, you know, depression or anxiety um, is the book of Job. Job, yes. And I I say that like knowing that it can be, you know, a trigger because people are like, okay, you're going to tell me about Job because I said (laughs) I was having a hard time. But what I love about Job, which you kind of um, referenced, is the fact that, you know, often we have feelings mm-hmm. and we tell ourselves like, okay, well, I'm going to keep these to myself because I'm, I feel guilty about how I'm feeling mm-hmm. about this or about God. Like he already knows. Right? <laughs> and I love how in Job, you know, we see Job being very like honest mm-hmm. with, you know, when he get, you know, we have this whole example of him being faithful and whatever, but he does get to a point where he's like, okay, like right, I'm, what's going I'm, on I'm over this. Yeah. And we see him being very honest with the way that he feels. And I think that I don't say that as a way, as a means to say that like, oh, we are totally justified and feeling the way that we're feeling. I'm saying that he already knows. So why not be honest with right. the Lord and say, this is how I'm feeling. I, don't, I know that it's not right. And I know that it's not true of your character, but this is Where how I'm at. Like, mm-hmm. you know, help my unbelief basically. Yes. Well, you know, Job was something that when I first started experiencing this, I kept thinking about the end of Job. Mm-hmm. So obviously I was resonating with him like, Lord, you've stripped me of what I feel like is everything. Because if you take my mind, I feel like I don't have much left. Mm. And um, I was clinging to the end of the story mm-hmm. where God was gracious enough to give him double fold of everything mm-hmm. he had taken away. And it's such a weird story to me because he took away like his family, his children. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how are you going to replace that? To me, that didn't make sense. Um, I could understand like replacing his physical health, mm-hmm. right? Or replacing his cattle, all the yeah. things, right? <laughs> his money, whatever. But like t- taking what was probably most important to mm-hmm. him in life and then somehow saying that you gave him twice as much that doesn't even compute to me. Mm-hmm. But I just remember I just kept telling Paul like, I really hope God does that for me because I feel like I am so low mm. that he's taken everything I knew I had. And I don't know how he's going to do it, but maybe he'll give it back even yeah. more. Mm. So, yeah, Job Job is a good one. Yeah. I don't care if it's cliche. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we're getting ready to study Joel this summer. Um, and Well, in I think our conference coming up. But um, I love, I, I'm pretty sure it's in Joel where it talks about like he will restore what the locust has taken. Mm-hmm. And like what a picture. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't really experience like the locust and the devastation in our little corner of the country, but I know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful picture of what he does for us. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't say like, this isn't going to happen. I'm going to protect you from all this. But he says, I, I will make up for what what is going on and like eventually he will come back and make it all right. And so if 
that's what we need to cling to at the end of the day. We at least that, that have we that have it. To. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so I know you mentioned your intentional steps of like putting yourself in Bible studies and like surrounding yourself with community. What other practical steps can someone who is experiencing anxiety or panic take? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So number one, like physically get into the Bible, even if it's something tiny, mm-hmm. like if it's on an app and you just need to read like the mm-hmm. tiny, easiest devotional or one scripture just Mm -hmm. let his word do something Mm -hmm. don't avoid it um also for me being vulnerable and honest was not an option Mm -hmm. so I think it's part of my personality to be vulnerable and option (laughs) I'm a verbal processor so if you don't (laughs) let me talk about it I'm just gonna freak out about anything but especially this this was so Mm all-consuming that um, I felt like I had no choice but to need help and ask for help Mm -hmm. so and my husband was only you know, there are so many hours of the day. Right. He was not there 24 hours. He had to go to work. So then I was like, who's going to help me while he's gone? Um, so being vulnerable and honest is another uh, huge one. Um, seeking counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that our generation is so against that, but I feel like anyone older than me, anyone like 40 and up acts like counseling is some like faux pas, yeah. right? We don't need that. Yeah. Um, it was, this was my first time getting counseling mm-hmm. when this all started happening, and I thought it was awesome. Um, counselors help you think differently, mm-hmm. and that was really um, emp- empowering to me. Um, and when I say counselors, by the way, too, I also mean like a Christian counselor who maybe has some medical knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I think the combination of those two when you're specifically dealing with anxiety. Um, to keep praying, even and especially when you feel like it's not working. Mm-hmm. I still feel like that often. Yeah. I mean, I even feel like to the extent that if I ask him, he'll do the opposite. <laughs> and I know that's the enemy, but I really think it. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I just won't even ask because then he'll do something worse. Or, you know what I mean? Whatever. <laughs> and so just to keep praying. Um, I have a lot of them. So sorry. Um, don't reject advice mm-hmm. or help. So like whether it's diet help, mm-hmm. um, exercise. Um, getting additional sleep. There's lots of things you can do. Modern medicine. Um, I was I was the number one to say I cannot believe someone would think I'd need that. Mm. Um, but then it really helped me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I had a good heart to heart with my doctor. I had if you have a good doctor, you need a good doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but my doctor's a believer, and she basically sat me down and she said, "If you can't accept help." then people won't be able to ever ask you for help. And as a believer, you should be able to do both. Wow. You should be able Your to. Your doctor said that? My doctor okay, said that. Yeah, I was right. like, okay, I got it. I guess you can give me the prescription. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. Um, and no matter how long, just keep clinging. Mm-hmm. No matter how much doubt you have. Um, I went to my pastor and I really thought I was going to stump him with this one. Like he was going to have to, <laughs> he was going to have to like send in reinforcements. But I said, you know, we were talking about death and he was, I was telling him how I was afraid of death or whatever. And he was finally like, well, let's talk about that. And by the time he told me that, I said, I actually don't know that it's death. I think it's doubt. Mm -hmm. I said, because the finality of doubt would be death. And if you're doubting what happens when you die, then there's like no worse situation (laughs) there. But it's really doubt in everything. Mm. And he just looked at me and he goes, oh, okay, that's no big deal. (laughs) And I just like was like, excuse me? And he was like, well, you do know that doubt and disbelief are two different things, right? And I was like, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> He's like, well, doubt is a human response. So if you're human, you will doubt. Um, but you choose to believe despite of doubt. 
and I was like, you have just blown my whole mind, <gasps> and I'm going to think on this for a while. So to <laughs> me, I'm okay with doubting now, mm. but I need to cling to God mm-hmm. while I'm doubting. Yeah. So that's a tricky one, though, because mm-hmm. if you're doubting in God and choosing to cling to him, that's weird, mm-hmm. but do it anyway. Um, and then my last thing is just to truly believe and cling that to cling to the truth that God will use it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was convinced at one point that he wouldn't be using me for anything because I was such a mess Yeah, and I still feel that way sometimes, but <laughs> I believe that he will use it, that yeah. he works all things for his, for my good and his glory. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How do you feel, um, that those in the church can assist with people struggling with similar um, feelings or yeah. experiences. Okay, so anything with mental health in the church mm. is tricky. Yeah. Um, and I believe the church can help a lot. Mm-hmm. So I believe medicine is great. I believe God's provided that as a way. I believe the way we eat, the amount of sleep we get, all of those tangible things mm-hmm. are a huge gift from God. But God himself and God's people, I think, is number one. And the problem, though, is we have lots of opinions or mm-hmm. we have lots of naivety or we are just a little bit ignorant to things. Mm -hmm. So prior to me experiencing this, I would have just said, open your Bible and believe God. Mm -hmm. And then when I experienced, I thought, holy mackerel, Mm there is no amount of opening my Bible and believing God that's Mm -hmm. suddenly going to make me feel better. And I needed people to tell me that that was wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, So the church needs to be the first people to come close Mm -hmm. and probably be better listeners than talkers. To a certain extent, um, because they need, I think that as a church, we need to pray before we open our mouth to someone struggling with mental health, because a lot of it turns into, well, you know that that's just from the enemy, or you know that you just need to trust God, or you know that you need right, to do I this. Right, I know yeah, that. great. Thank you. I do know, but I'm also <laughs> over here like thinking my life's going to end, so you're not helping me by mm-hmm. now making me feel worse. And that was a big thing. I didn't need anyone to tell me that. I was already thinking those things. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, I believe, is that we diminish the character of God when we as the church come in and say, well, you're just not doing a good enough job. Mm. If you were doing better, then you'd feel better. And I do think we have a responsibility to be in the word and to trust God and and know who he is. (laughs) But we are human and it's hard to remember that at our worst Mm -hmm. and so rather than telling someone you should be doing this or you shouldn't be doing this just simply speaking truth to them Mm -hmm. so when someone says to me um i had a conversation one day about feeling like god i'll cry about this one but he wasn't showing me favor anymore Mm. and so if he didn't have favor towards me then i was doomed and my good friend said actually He's showing us favor, but not the way you are mm. thinking. And she basically opened up the scripture. Um, it was to another psalm, I believe. And it was just basically about how the favor of the Lord is the salvation he's offered us. Mm. And when you're feeling as bad as I was feeling, salvation is just kind of like, oh, I guess there's that. Mm. <laughs> you <laughs> the know? consolation and you're like, okay, but That's not helping right? me right now. Yeah. <laughs> and the truth is it is helping me right mm. now because – my greatest fear and the worst thing that could happen to me cannot supersede what he already gave me. Mm. And so his act on the cross was showing me favor. And I needed someone to tell me that because after 30 years of Christianity, I couldn't come up with that on my own mm-hmm. in my state. Mm-hmm. So I didn't need her to tell me that I needed to do this and this yeah. and this. I just needed her to speak truth to me. So I guess in my really long-winded answer to that, 
uh, as the church, we need to be there to listen. Mm-hmm. We need to be there to intercede for people mm-hmm. and truly pray and care. Um, and we need to be able to speak truth to them and not truth that's based on our opinion or what we think they should do, but mm-hmm. truth like actually scripture. Yeah. What does God say he is to us and who is he in spite of how we feel? Yeah, I I see that it the hard the hard thing is that that takes work. Like listening yeah. listening <laughs> hard, and not yeah. coming in as like a fixer, like we're gonna yeah. Olivia Pope this whole situation. Um but <laughs> Olivia Pope. You know, as somebody who walks alongside, you know, people in my small group that struggle with maybe not anxiety, but maybe something else, okay, like yeah. really finding out, like you said, what is the root of the lie that they are believing right now Mm -hmm. because I think it's the easy Christian thing to just come in with that sweeping blanket and be like trust the Lord and like (laughs) read the whole Bible (laughs) all of all of the books right now all of the books yeah whereas like you said you know your friend listened to what you specifically were saying in that moment was like the lie that was most pressing in your situation and was able to turn to, you know, don't, she didn't say go read the Psalm. Like she, you know, came alongside you. Yeah. Yeah. And like what, but that, that takes work and that takes effort and that takes, you know, that might impede our plan for the day or our, you know, schedule or what we're comfortable with. And, but we're called, we're called to do that. that, Yes. Well, and I was also thinking too, I think that when we believe that that person can actually get better Mm -hmm. through Jesus, Mm -hmm. we're more likely to have these type of behaviors. Um, I remember when I was dealing with my marriage, I would have a lot of people, okay, so prior to anxiety, I was very, very stubborn. And so if somebody said something I disagreed with, especially about the Lord, I was not going to have it. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, uh, whatever. Um, somebody told me once that like God couldn't really move mountains and I went home and was like Lord you're gonna move this mountain (laughs) like I need you to do this right now because they just said you couldn't you know or whatever so but um in my marriage I remember somebody would be like well this is something that you're gonna struggle with for the rest of your life you know since he's an addict and I thought wow what a message you've just given me you know (laughs) like there is no hope I am stuck and out of luck And I remember I was like, actually, I disagree, because if God is who he says he is, then he can heal this situation Mm -hmm. and we can move on. I wasn't sure that it was going to (laughs) happen, but I wanted really seriously to believe that he could do that. Mm -hmm. And so I think the same thing with mental health. We feel like it's like, well, once you struggle with mental health, Mm -hmm. good luck, because that'll always be there. And whether it's always going to be there or not is not necessarily the situation, but just believing that God can Mm -hmm. truly intervene and take over. Yeah. And I think when we believe that, we can act rightly. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that to myself, too, because mm-hmm. I'm the church. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, were there any resources that you've found, aside from, obviously, the Bible, mm-hmm. um, that you would like our listeners to know about that have helped you? Yeah, just a couple. Um, I'm not a like avid reader, so I'm sure there are a lot of books on anxiety. <laughs> so if you're a reader, check those out. <laughs> Um, But I would say, aside from the word, the number one thing that supported me was the community. Mm -hmm. Um, Constantly being reminded that God is who he says he is, because on my own, I forget super easy, Mm -hmm. and I twist it really quickly. Um, On top of that, counseling. I already said that once, Mm -hmm. but counseling's huge. And again, I think meeting with a believer who Mm -hmm. is educated, um, not just on scripture, but on like the physical body and Mm -hmm. what happens. Um, 
because I originally saw someone who was awesome, but she actually referred me to someone more like quote unquote professional because she yeah. said, I'm basically here to give you scripture and you know mm-hmm. your scripture. And normally I would meet with somebody that mm-hmm. maybe hasn't been in the word. She's like, I think you're needing more of like clinical help. So mm-hmm. being okay with clinical help, yeah. I guess, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Um the only other thing I could think to offer was that my church, Faith Christian Fellowship, has um, every Thursday night, um, they have a group called Overcomers. And basically, it's a group where God, um, it's kind of like a, a recovery group for mm-hmm. anyone that feels in bondage towards anything. So, of course, it might be like a drug-addicted person, mm-hmm. right? But it might also be somebody that struggles with anxiety. Mm-hmm. So anything that is life controlling and that's mm-hmm. i believe it's seven o'clock it's on the website but it's um fcf faith christian fellowship and it's called overcomers okay. and i went to that group for a while me and paul did and it was really life-giving and i know people that still go that love it so awesome. that was a suggestion i had too because again there's community there's mm-hmm. believers there's the word um and there's an opportunity to feel like you're not alone yeah awesome. yeah um well as we wind down are there any last things that you want to share with our listeners Okay, just one thing. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think a lot about how um, God's word has influenced me with a with the glasses of anxiety on, and I thought of two things um, that I wanted to share because sometimes for me, even just processing through them and saying, "Okay, God has done a good mm-hmm. work, and He is teaching you through this," is helpful. So anyone else that's struggling with really anything trying to step back and say, well, what is God teaching me? Mm-hmm. And so two things I think that have really been um, influential to me is seeing God comfort me through the scripture and seeing him compel me through the scripture. Mm-hmm. So when I say he's comforted, comforting me, I mean all throughout scripture, whether it's Job or, oh my gosh, even we went through Mark this mm-hmm. summer. So even going through that, um, seeing his track record um, for his promises and his goodness. Um, and that doubt, even though it can paralyze me, it doesn't paralyze him. And he comes and meets us there. So that's all over scripture. There's people struggling with doubt or struggling with anything. Um, and he's coming in and rescuing them. So that was comforting to me. That's all over the place. But then he's also compelled me through, um, like intricately fulfilling things that blow my mind Mm. Um, like he takes prophecies and he fulfills them every time and to me that brought validity that I'm not just believing a lie I'm Mm -hmm. believing something Mm -hmm. that I can trust Mm -hmm. Um, because sometimes I sit down and think have I been believing a lie my entire life Mm -hmm. and is this all just some mumbo jumbo to make us feel better and then he's not real like (laughs) this is how far my mind has gone I've had to be like okay God help me believe that you are real and so um One thing I think of is the story of Jesus on the cross. And, you know, um, I'm assuming most people remember or know this story, but when Jesus took his last breath, the sky darkened. Mm -hmm. Um, And this summer, um, we were taught that the sky actually darkened every time the Passover lamb came um, on Passover. Mm -hmm. So in the Old Testament, when the Passover lamb came and there was the blood on the doorways Mm -hmm. to protect the firstborn, Mm I never knew that the sky darkened mm. every year that that happened. And so to hear that, I just assumed God got so upset because it was his son mm. and the sky darkened. But to see that that was like a fulfillment, that God was that Passover lamb mm. 
Um, so just to learn things like that. So to actually not just read the scripture, but study it and learn about (laughs) what it's saying. Um, that to me was mind blowing because I thought, God, you, you are real. Yeah. Um, and then I'll say one more thing that this Christmas, this is a really silly thing, but just that God can meet us anywhere. Christmas songs have just been on fire for me (laughs) this year. My husband's like a huge Christmas fanatic. And then my child has wanted to listen to Christmas music every day as well. And I've just obliged. Mm -hmm. But I've really been reminded that for, I'm assuming like hundreds of years, because these songs are all really old, Mm -hmm. right? People have been believing before me for hundreds of years. And to me, there's been great comfort in that, that I know they had to struggle with some of the same things we're all struggling with now. And yet these beautiful songs were written about this king that came to rescue us. And I'm not the first person to believe and I won't be the last person to believe. And to me, there was just some sort of power in that that reminded me that I'm not making anything up. And I don't have to doubt just because life seems like it's in shambles. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Lisa. 